stretch around, move around, shake around. <laughs> Are you happy? Oh, you ought, to, you ought to be happy. You ought to be rejoicing. You you could be lost somewhere. You could be lost without God somewhere. You you could be in all manner of problems and issues. And here you are at the Southwest Believers Convention. Saved, clothed in your right mind, happy, loving God, names in the Lamb's book of life, on your way to heaven. (laughs) You know, uh, years ago, uh, the thoughts come to me about some situations in my life. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about that? You ever had any of that kind of thing? That's the enemy. What are you going to do about that? And he he plays pressure tactics. You know, man, you got X amount of time and you need this much. And what about them? And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And if you listen to it without resisting it, it won't be long till you'll open your mouth. And you know what you'll say? What am I going to What am I going to do? And he's playing you like a rented banjo. <laughs> but you got somebody else inside you who knows how to handle all of these things and the greater one, the Holy Spirit inside me said, "Why don't you ask him what he's going to do?" Turn this thing around. You know, Jesus did that when they thought they had him cornered. He just turned the thing right around on them. And so uh, I, I saw it in a flash and I thought, yeah, 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 bad boy. What are you going to do? What are you? You think I got problems? You think I got problems? I read in the back of the book. Won't be long. Won't be long. Great big angel going to come down grab you chain you up throw you into the pit close the doors what are you going to do what are you going to do tick tock what what are you going to do I mean worst case scenario with me Let's say I didn't receive my healing. I didn't receive my bills paid. I didn't get my answer. I died premature. Worst case scenario. I'm saved. I'm saved. I depart. Go to be with the Lord. I don't have any problems besides you. Come on, somebody say, I'm saved. I'm saved. Well, see, you you already got it made. You can be seated. Oh, glory to God. That's why you ought to be happy. I'm saved. You really said a lot when you say that word because that means more than saved from hell. It's a big word. When you say, I'm saved... Saved from what? Everything that was the result of sin and the curse. Would you go please to Romans, the 10th chapter. Romans chapter 10. And are you believing with me? Sure appreciate it. Romans 10 is... uh, Familiar to a lot of people, especially Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. And uh, do you reckon we've exhausted all the revelation out of those verses? No, no. And that's what I want us to, to look at. In Romans 10, verse 6, it says, The righteousness 
which is of faith. And faith is the central theme of this chapter. This is also the same chapter. A few verses later says, faith comes by hearing. Um, The righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. There's also a big emphasis in this chapter on speaking. And it'd have to be that way. You can't separate faith from speaking. That's right. That's it. That's it. The faith, the righteousness which is of faith, speaks. And it speaks like this, on this wise. Say not. (laughs) It starts with what you don't say. The two things that will absolutely change your whole life is if you stop saying the wrong thing and you begin saying what God says. Now of all the people on the planet, we should know something about that. But I assure you, you have not arrived. In doing these two things. Yes, sir. And because we live in this material world and we got a body and we got flesh and we got all this continuous input through our senses, it is so easy to slip into walking by sight. Yes, sir. All you got to do is nothing. Just wake up in the morning and think about how you feel, what you see, what you're hearing in the natural world. And if you don't put a bridle on it, you will say the wrong thing. Now, what he says here is. Don't say this. Now, hold your place and go to 2 Corinthians. We're not through with that, but 2 Corinthians, and I know many of you know these things, but there's always more light. And it's not just knowing it, it's doing it. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. It says, while we look not. Now, did you notice again, it starts with what you don't do. You gotta, you gotta stop doing the wrong thing and replace it with the right thing. We look not at the things which are, that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Now this is not natural for the flesh. And this is not what most of the world does. You will be radically different. If you practice this verse right here. So go ahead and confess it. Say, say, I, I look not. I look not. I don't focus. I don't focus. On the things that are seen. I do look at. I do mind. I do focus. Things that are not seen. Not seen. Not seen. He goes on to say, he tells you why you do it. For or because the things that are seen are what? So you're going to be wasting your time focusing on things that you see because they're about to change again. Is that right? Here's good news. If you can see it, it can be changed. Is that right? If it went from good to bad, you know it can be changed. It changed. Well, then it can go from bad to good. It can be changed. Say it out loud, it can be changed. Now, that's your body, that's your mind, that's your emotions, that's your finances, that's your marriage, that's your family, that's your children, that's your job, that's your profession. Say it out loud, it can be changed. It can be changed. 
If I can see it, it can be changed. So for me to get all upset and get scared and get shaken by what I see is to allow myself to be misled. Because this is nothing permanent about this. It's changed from what it was a few days ago or a few years ago, and it's about to change from what it is now. It's always changing. It's unstable. It's all very, very temporary. But the Lord your God and what He has said is more permanent than the planet you're standing on. It's more permanent than the sun shining in the sky. Because Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away. There's coming a time when they're going away. But not what he said. So if I'm looking at what he said, I'm focusing on what he said, I'm thinking about what he said, and I'm saying what he said, I am on rock solid ground. Hallelujah. You can build your life on this. And in the next chapter, chapter 5 and verse 7 is where this great famous phrase is. And it it came out of that from the, the verse 18. For we walk by faith. Now notice again, you got you got to keep in mind what you don't do as well. Say it out loud. I walk by faith. I don't walk by sight. Is there a pull to walk by sight? Oh, brother. Have you ever walked by sight? <laughs> Just like many, many Many, many times. Since you've been born again, since you've been a faith person, you have walked by sight. Over and over again. Why? Because you live in this material world. And there is this pull and this pressure to walk by sight. To be moved by what you see. And by what you feel. And it's easy to talk big when you're in air-conditioned church and organ music is playing. (laughs) But when you get hit personally with a terrible report, right? Or some awful symptoms or whatever, some, some cruel, horrible news, you fear will come on you. You don't have to let it in you. But it will come on you. And you'll feel it. And you'll feel shaken. And you will be so tempted to talk about what you see. And how you feel. And if you do that, you're walking beside. Walking beside. Say it again. I walk by faith. Not by sight. You do understand that involves hundreds of choices every day and every night. That's not just something you do on a Sunday morning or during the week of Southwest Believers. It's a choice. You got to make the right choice. And the choice is in what you don't look at and don't say and what you do look at and do say. Now go back to Romans 10, please. Whoo, glory to God. I can uh, sense already some miracles coming up. I I can sense them. And And I'm talking about a number of things in your life that will uh, continue way past this week. Miraculous things happening 
changes in your life, things has been dogging and bugging people for 5, 10, 20, 30 years. Finally changing. Hallelujah. Finally changing. But it'll happen not because God changed. Not because God decided, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do something now. Uh uh. Uh uh. It'll be because we made changes and we stopped doing some things that we've been doing maybe all our life. And we began doing exactly what he told us to. Gave him something to work with. Hallelujah. I can almost hear some people's angels going, finally. <laughs> they, they've been wanting and ready and they go, I can almost hear one of them elbow there. I think they're going to get it this time. Finally, we're going to get to do what God told us to do. <laughs> Spiritual warfare is talked about in 2 Corinthians 10 is real. But it's not what some have imagined it to be. The Bible said though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not natural, carnal, but they are real and they're mighty. To the pulling down of strongholds. Now where are those strongholds? The very next phrase says, casting down imaginations or imagings, imagings, imaginations, meditations, taken into captivity every thought. What has, people talk about breakthroughs. And a breakthrough is when people get rid of a stronghold. And the stronghold is not something that God's withholding or even that the enemy is able to do against your will. It is a way of thinking that people have uh, held on to and many times don't even realize how wrong it is. Because if you've been thinking a certain way, seeing things a certain way for 30, 40, 50, 60 years... Yeah. You're used to it. Right. You think that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but when the light comes. Come Hallelujah. When the light comes. Yeah. Yeah. Then the stronghold is broken. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And, and you say, I see it. I see it. I see it. I'm stopping this. I am not doing this anymore. I am not talking like that anymore. And I am doing this. And I'm only doing this. Because I walk by faith. Not by sight. Hallelujah. Said out loud, Lord, reveal to me any strongholds in my thinking or believing. That I may cast them down. down. And that your anointing. anointing May destroy the yoke. yoke And remove the burden. burden In Jesus name. name. Open my eyes. eyes That I may see. see. Enlighten my heart. heart That I may understand. understand. And thank you Lord. For making me free. Hallelujah. Making me free. Making me free. Do do you suppose that you and I have arrived already today on Monday at Christ-like perfection? That we think exactly like the Master does? Or talk? Well, then guess what? You need to change. And I need to change. From where we are right now, look at your neighbor, help them out and say, you need to change. (laughs) 
Now, now help them out some more. Say, say, a lot. You need, you need to change a lot. Now, acknowledge it. Say, say, I know it. Okay. <laughs> it's true. How many would say, I'm a different person than I was 20 years ago? Right? I think differently. I see things differently. I live differently. Well, that's just 20 years. That's a drop in the bucket compared to God time. I mean, with God, a thousand years is like a day. So 20 years? So what if you developed another 20 years? Another 40 years? Would you be exactly like you are now? No. You'd look back, you know, to where you are now and go, man, I had a lot to learn. I really, I really needed to grow. But you, can you see that where you are at the moment? That's, that requires revelation. And we're believing for that. Today. This week. That's what's happening. Romans 10, did you find it? He said, verse 6, the righteousness which is of faith speaks. And it speaks on this wise. Say not. There are things you don't say. Hmm? If you live by faith, there are things you don't say. This is something I... I'm continually have been surprised about. And that is how people in our circles don't watch their words. I mean, faith preachers. Not, not claiming that I've arrived now. But there's certain things you couldn't get me to say if you beat me with a bat. Because I believe... In the power of God's words. And I believe in the power of my own words. I believe. Life and death. Is in the power of what you say. And that Jesus is the apostle and high priest. Of my confession. He works with what I say. And if I don't watch what I'm doing. The enemy can work with what I say. Against me. I believe it. And I'm and always learning and growing, and, and, but when I make a mistake and I realize I shouldn't have said that, I want to correct it immediately. But there's a whole lot of people, you can tell by how they talk, they just do not believe that their words are impacting their life. They don't believe it. Notice how he, start, he leads with this, you don't say this. What don't you say? You don't say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. And you don't say, who will descend into the deep? To bring up Christ again from the dead. Why shouldn't you say that? What's wrong with that? And y'all are quiet. Would you agree, according to the scripture, don't say it? Did it say don't say it? But what's the next, the very next phrase? But what does it say? What saith it? He told you what, what don't say. Now he says, but what, what does the righteousness that's is of faith, what does it say? It says, quit looking all the way to heaven. Quit looking all the way to the deep. Quit looking across the ocean or the mountain range. Look under your nose. Right. The answer is right under your nose. The word is nigh. The nigh means close. It's close. See, the idea is that heaven... Is, is at a distance and that the depth is at a distance 
But he's saying, no, the answer's not far away. The answer's close. Really close. It is the, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. Again, it's the believing and speaking. He keeps referring to it, believing and speaking. Then he goes on to say that if you will confess. Now he's told us what not to say. Now he's telling us what to say. Don't say that. But do say this. Confess with your mouth. So this is not silent. Hmm? If you don't believe it enough to boldly, audibly declare it, you don't believe it enough. Hmm? If you go, well, I don't know, I'm just not comfortable. You don't believe it enough. <laughs> it ain't about a comfort. It's about you don't believe it yet. But when it gets strong enough in you, people say, well, you know, you, you get loud sometimes, Brother Keith, and you wave your hands and you lift your voice. And is all that necessary? I think so. Yeah. I mean, when something gets to stirring in you strong enough, it's going to come out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you're mousy about it, well, I don't know. I, you know, I, I know God can do it, but, you know, it's just whatever the Lord wants. It's a, you, you don't know what he said. And you're not convinced of what he said. Right? All the ifs and ands and maybes and whatever and we'll see and no. But when, when it's real to you. And you become fully persuaded and completely convinced. You're not hesitant to declare it boldly that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Not could, not might, shall. I call every need met. I call every bill paid. Come on, somebody say it out loud. Say it out loud. I call every need met. I call every bill paid. And if you wouldn't say it boldly with the rest of us, you don't believe it yet. With the mouth. Somebody say with the mouth. With the mouth. Confession is made. Now here, here's a word. And, and I looked it up again last night to make sure I was, I was seeing it right. Unto. That word unto is in the original text. And it has to do with that which transitions and towards. Confession unto. Come on, everybody, look at it. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Not you might, not it could, shall be. For with the heart, not the head, with the heart man believes, there's that word, unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto. Everybody say unto. Let me read a couple of other translations to you on this. The, the New American Standard, and, and actually there's a half a dozen that translate it this same way as well. It says, with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness. They translated the King James word that they went with unto in resulting. It's a connective word. It's a, it's a, 
transition word. With the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, guess what? Resulting in salvation. Are you looking for results? Huh? (laughs) Results. Well, believing in the heart results in something. Confessing with the mouth results in something. If somebody says, well, the results are back and they're not good. Well, then we we need some new results. Is that right? I said that we need some new results. Is that right? But see, if you say, well, no, the tests are bad and the results are bad. So, you know, and if if you hear it and you go, oh, God. You're walking beside. Hmm? Why? Because you are moved. Now, don't knock anybody that's been moved because unless and until you've been there in their shoes, you ain't got nothing big to talk about. Because the fear will come. And the pressure will come. And unless you do something that requires strength on the inside, you will be moved. And you will respond in walking by sight. You'll talk about how you feel and how you look. But that's where the fight of faith comes in. Hallelujah. And the fight is not just fighting the devil. He's a defeated foe. But what you got to fight are the strongholds of imaginations and thoughts and feelings and fear that come against your own mind and your own heart. You have to resist fear. Huh? And there are times you got to open up your mouth and say, no, no, I'm not going to die young and wrong. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. No, no, but that's not something. And you would, you would like to say it one time and you're done. But how many found out the enemy is a persistent cuss? Is that right? Oh, man. He'll bring thoughts and feelings back to you scores of times, hundreds of times, over the course of months and years, thousands of times. And what do you got to do? If he brings it a hundred times, you got to resist it a hundred times. If he brings it a hundred times, you got to cast it down. A hundred times. This is fighting the good fight of faith. Fighting fear. Fighting fear of death. Fear of failure. Fighting the feelings. The complete Jewish Bible says, with the heart, one goes on trusting and continues toward righteousness. And continues toward deliverance. BBE says faith to get. And the mouth says Jesus is Lord to get. It is the, the how do I get from where I am? Bad reports. Hurting. Shaken. Moved. To what God said. How do I get from here on to? Oh, come on. Yeah. Uh, from here unto there. It's a choice. It's a stopping saying the wrong things. And it's a choice to believe and say the right thing. Did you know God can't answer all prayers? No matter how much he loves you, there are certain prayers he just can't answer. I'm going to give you two big ones. Are y'all okay? Huh? Two big ones. 
God cannot answer a prayer of you asking him to do something he's already done. How's he going to answer that prayer? What's he going to do with it? Because by continually asking him to do it, that's proof positive you don't believe what he said. You don't believe that he said he did it. How's he going to answer that prayer? Y'all are quiet. Huh? God can't answer a prayer of you pleading with him to do something he's already done. That's an unbelieving, maybe an ignorant prayer, but either way, unbelieving prayer. Secondly, God can't answer a prayer you asking him to do something he told you to do. Huh? (laughs) He'd have to change his word. God cannot lie. He does not change. So you you have to uh, listen to what he said if you want to get the results. So when he says, let's back up in, in Romans 10 here. When he says, say not, don't say. Who will go up to heaven? Now that's a quote from Deuteronomy and, and Numbers. Don't say, who will go up to heaven? To bring Christ, the anointed one, and the anointing and the answers down. Mrs. What's, what's wrong with that? He's already come. Is that right? He's already offered himself. He's already given himself. Is that right? He already went to the cross. Spirit, soul, and body. He already gave up the ghost and, and let them take him. And he said, it is finished. And he paid the price and justice was satisfied three days and nights in the heart of the earth. And he's already been raised from the dead. Hallelujah. And he's already sat down triumphantly at the right hand of majesty on high. King of kings. Lord of lords. Soon to come again. So why are you begging God to come down and do something? But how many prayers have people prayed? Oh, God, move. Oh, God, please, you got to come move. We're just bombarding the gates of heaven for a move of God. God, I need you to, I need you to come down. I need you to show up. Well, when are you going to believe he's done something? Can you see that? When, when are you going to believe he's done Well, when you see it. And when you feel, you walk in my sight. Now notice what he didn't say. When he talks about being, this is, this is how you're born again. Is it Romans 10, 9 and 10? Some of our mainstay of how, you're, how you receive Jesus. You don't get saved. You don't get born again begging God to save you. You don't get born again talking about how lost you are. Huh? It didn't say, tell God how lost you are. Like he didn't know. Huh? Hallelujah. Religion makes men beggars. Not believers. That's why the devil, he's not against religion. He loves religion. Because it's a substitute. It's a replacement for walking by faith in God. And if you are begging, you are not believing. Let me say that over here. (laughs) If you are begging... You're not believing. 
Now millions of people are doing this. Oh, please God. Please God. I've got to have help. You know I've got to have help. So he hasn't given you any help. Well, I don't see any. I don't feel any. I need it, God. I've got to have. Well, when are you going to believe he's helping you? When? When you see something. When you feel something. After the fact. There's no faith in that. Is that right? And without faith, it's impossible. Why, why, one of the things about it pleasing God, He wants to see the results in your life. He wants His Spirit and His angels to be able to manifest everything that He's given and done. And so He's not happy when you're not, in, He's a Father. He's not happy, He's not pleased when you're not enjoying that. But it requires faith. And faith counts it done when God says it's done. Before. Before you see it. Before you feel it. Now no matter how many times you go through this, there will be people that don't get it. And they scratch their head and they go, well, I'm not going to say I got it if I don't see it. Because I ain't got it yet. I want it. I need it. And it's not just you picking something random out of the air to say. It's saying what he said. Saying what he said. What he said. I believe we need a review. Huh? Of what? Well, back in the 70s and 80s. We were big on in him. Huh? In in Christ. In whom? In him. Hallelujah. But you got a whole generation. I, I was somewhere preaching the other day and and uh, my interpreter that was helping me was doing a great job and, and I asked him a certain question and I realized they were born in two thousand. <laughs> so if I'm talking about the eighties <laughs> But the Bible wasn't written in the eighties. Huh? It transcends all time, all culture, and it stands exactly as it was written and spoken. And what you'll find out is that the prayers, we call the uh, epistle prayers, the prayer, you know, in Ephesians, Colossians, and, and other prayers, and again and again, and maybe as time permits this week, we'll get into some of that. But again and again, he's not asking God to do something. Certainly not asking God to come down from heaven and move. You know what he's asking? Lord, enlighten the eyes of their heart and understanding so they will know. I'm going to paraphrase who they are, what they have, what they can do. Oh, come on. Are y'all listening? What they already have. Who God has already made them. Back uh, 40 years ago nearly. I was, uh, well, it's longer than that, I guess. As, as a student in Bible school, it's longer than that. And uh, <laughs> uh, we had a little apartment downtown. We used to call it Shoot 'em Up Alley. Which <laughs> is a bad confession. <laughs> but we, we didn't have any money to get into any better place. That was the best we could do at the time. I mean, one night we came out Sunday evening to go to church and open the door, and the police were on the balcony and said, Get back inside! <laughs> They're about to have a shootout right there in the street. So I said, Baby, we better go back inside. So that's why we called it that. But uh, <laughs> um, some of our young fellow students, my, my wife Phyllis is a good cook. 
uh, country cook. And, and so we invited them over, and they, they had some things they hadn't had before, and they enjoyed it so much. And, and so afterwards, we're sitting around talking. We're Bible school students, first year. So reckon what we talk about. Doctrine. <laughs> and, and somebody brought up this particular difficult passage. And we all talked about it and considered it. And we all agreed that it was, in fact, a difficult <laughs> passage. <laughs> and so everybody left. And uh, I'm laying down to go to sleep. And the Lord brought that back to me. And he said... Uh, he asked me a question. I don't mean an audible voice, but inside he said, Keith, would you like to understand that passage? I thought, yes. He said, well, now you're further from it than you've ever been. I'm further from understanding it than I've ever been. What was he telling me? That our discussion didn't move us closer. It moved us the other way. He's teaching me something. He's helping me. And so I, I said, well, Lord, what, what do I do? And he gave me these three things. Are you ready? Yeah. He said, don't talk about what you don't know. Don't talk about what you don't have. Don't talk about, excuse me, I didn't say it right. He said, don't, don't meditate or talk about. Don't meditate or talk about what you don't know, what you don't have, what you can't do. Now, didn't we just get through reading in both of these passages here? He started out by saying, what you don't do. Is that right? You don't. Look at the things that are seen. You don't walk by sight. You don't say, how are we going to get God to move from heaven? And see, that's what we had done. We had talked about what we didn't know. Oh, we don't know. Oh, that's a, well, that's a, I, I don't know. I don't know. And guess what? We didn't know. <laughs> And we were more aware of our ignorance after we got through talking than we were before. And that's why the Lord said, now you're further from understanding that than you were before you started. Are y'all okay or not? Huh? Go to Psalm 36. I got any time left? Psalm 36. Are you going? Are there some things we shouldn't do? Some things we shouldn't pray? Some things we shouldn't say? Is it true? The Bible tells you these things. You know, another one in Ecclesiastes says, don't say. What is the cause that the former days were better than these? I wonder how many people break in that one. Talking about the good old days. He said, you do not inquire wisely. You're acting foolishly when you talk like that. Why? Because God's a good God and the best is ahead. Is that right? You have to look back longing. And have you ever noticed how romanticized people make things? They're talking about how wonderful it was. It wasn't as wonderful as they're making it out to be. I was thinking about just today. How about air conditioning? Oh, you could have been born 200 years ago. Huh? <laughs> Thank God for air conditioning. Anybody as happy about it as I am? I'm Thank God for air conditioning. Glory to God.
God. Mm. Psalm 36, did you find it? I said the Lord told me, after he said you're further from this than you've ever been, further from understanding it, he said, don't meditate and talk about what you don't know. Don't meditate and talk about what you don't have. Don't meditate and talk about what you can't do. Why? Well, because faith comes by hearing. Is that right? You talk about what you don't know and think about what you don't know. What's your faith going to grow in? What I don't know. Is that right? You talk about what you don't have. We don't have it. We don't have it. We need it. There's no faith in statements like we need it. We've got to have it. That's walking by sight. It doesn't mean you believe you have anything. Stop talking about, stop thinking about what you don't know, what you don't have, or what you can't do. When did the Lord ever tell you that you are unable to do something that you need to do. The scripture says the exact opposite. I can do all things through Christ, the anointed one and his anointing who strengthens me. That's what I need to talk about. Not what I can't do. He has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He has given me everything that pertains unto life and godliness he has I need to think about that I need to talk about that not the, no, I'm, not, I'm not pretending that the other is not there I just if I want to get unto that I have to think and talk what he said not what I'm feeling not what I'm seeing Psalm 36, 8. He said, for with you, with God, is the fountain of life. And in your light shall we see light. Thanksgiving is a part of this. If you look at Romans, the first chapter, it talks about people that were unthankful and didn't acknowledge and thank God that their foolish heart was darkened. The more unthankful you get, the darker your understanding becomes. And can you see, uh, my wife and I was talking with them about an individual a while back and, and, and they looked at us and said, well, you know, God hadn't done anything for me. We about both fell off of our chairs because we knew God had done untold things for them over the day. How did they get to that kind of place? Thinking about what they don't have. Hmm? And see, that is a trick of the enemy. I don't have. I don't have. And while you're thinking about what you don't have... You forget about everything that you do have. And you stop being thankful for anything. And that's how the enemy can get you to the place where God hasn't done anything for me. Such lies. Such lies. Grievous lies. But in his light, you will see light. Do you need to know something about an area? Do you need light? Do you need understanding? You won't get to light meditating on the problem. You won't see your miracle looking at the need. You won't see your provision looking at the bills. You won't see your healing looking at the bad reports. You won't see it. You won't find it there. In his light. What does that mean? Well, light enables you to see. So it's what you already see. Focusing on the light you have is the key to getting more light. Not talking about what you don't know. Talking about what you do know. 
Oh, come on. You've seen this before. We, we get in these services like this. And we start talking about some of the basics we know. Next thing you know what? More revelation. Oh, we, we see something else. We, we see something greater. We see something more. But that wouldn't happen if we're in here and go, oh, we're so dumb. We are so clueless. God, help us. God, you got to move. you got to come down and move and help. That is faithless. When are you going to believe he's helped you? Not until you see it. Not until you feel it. In his light, we'll see more light. We'll get more light. And if you don't know where to start, but you know, man, I, I got, I need some answers. I, I don't, there's some things I don't see and understand. Well, you can't camp there. Well, I, where do I start? If you don't know where else to start, start with this. I'm saved. I'm, I'm saved. Is that right? I'm saved. Names in the Lamb's book of life. I'm saved. That's light. That's light. That's something you see. That's something you know. And the next thing you know, you start thanking God for that and start talking about that. You know how the Holy Spirit works. Next thing you know, he takes your mind over here, over here, over here. Come on. Has it happened to you before? Next thing you know, you're going, oh, that's it. But you didn't get there talking about what you don't know. Talking about what you don't know is darkness. It leads to greater darkness. Talking about what you don't have is darkness and unthankfulness. You're alive. You've got a life. You've got a functioning brain. <laughs> and a body and eating today and Come on, is that right? And you've got a lot of things to be thankful for. That's why the scripture exhorts us in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Many have not understood. Do you want the full will of God in your life? Be thankful. There's a direct connection. Start giving thanks on a regular basis as a lifestyle you get up thanking God you go to bed thanking God it is a key to more it's a key to more life because it's a faith and one of the greatest faith exercises there is is to thank God for something you don't feel is that right thank God for provision it's not in your hand yet Thank God for healing that's not showing up in your body yet. That's one of the greatest acts of faith that there is. Thanking God for victory when it feels like you're three fours under. Thanking God for the answer when your mind's going, we ain't got a clue. You said, hush, hush. God, God helps us. He helps us. And I will know. And I will see it because I have the mind of Christ. I have. That's so radical from I need. I need answers. I've got to have help. I've got to have. Any unsaved sinner can say that. No faith in that. The Lord told me, did it sound right to you? Don't talk about. Stop meditating on. Stop talking about what you don't know, don't have, can't do. Stop talking about that. Stop thinking about that. So what am I going to do instead? You know, I've got this time freed up now. <laughs> All the time I was spending griping and complaining and enumerating what I didn't have and couldn't do. I got, I got time freed up now. What do I do now? I talk about 
What I know. I know in whom I have believed. I'm persuaded. I know. I've passed from death unto life. I know. What do I talk about? I have. I have. I've been given. The greater ones inside. I can do. Anything God tells me to do. I can do it. If he said do it. I can do it. By his anointing. By his help. Hallelujah. And with the heart. You believe. Unto it. And with the mouth. Declaring it. Confessing it. And the high priest of your salvation. Working with what's coming out of your mouth. His words coming out of your mouth. He will surely bring them to pass. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, lift your hands. Lift your praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we give you honor. Lord, we give you praise.